So I suppose I should introduce this 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 week, seeing as you did it last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to know how you're going to introduce me. Probably do it better than I did last time. <laughs> Don't be stupid. I'm going to fuck it up. You know I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> and there's our beginning tagline. <laughs> I'm going to fuck it up. You know I always fuck it up. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Wordsmithing, your weekly podcast about everything you shouldn't do when publishing or writing. This week, we're going to be talking to author of Dead Tempted and Araman, Rachel Rain. But we are going to be focusing mostly on her most recent release, Dead Tempted. And, um, hi. Welcome to Wordsmithing. Hi, Jo. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great to be here. Great to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult to do a professional intro to an author who's usually a, um, host on said show <laughs> it's really weird having someone introduce you it's like oh, okay okay i'll go super professional then thank you it's great to be here <laughs> yes <laughs> so like i said we're going to be talking about uh, dead tempted and that is your second book which is very different from your first your first was more of a young adult fiction wasn't it fantasy yeah i think my first one started out Actually, the original draft was a lot darker than when I released it. Um, I actually smoothed it out a little bit, so it wasn't as dark, which is one of the reasons why I wrote Dead Tempted, because I was like, okay, darkness is where I want to be heading as a writer, so I'm just going to go full dark now. Hmm, yeah, I, I could see how the first one could have been dark. That would have made an interesting read, but anyway, we're not talking about that one today. <laughs> so, where did the inspiration for Dead Tempted come from? Uh, it's a difficult question to answer that one because ideas just kind of pop into our heads. I think we spoke about that in one of our episodes. Um, but I think this one, I've obviously got the idea when I was writing Araman. Um, I'm not going to talk about Araman too much, but there were two characters there where it was like a bad guy and a good woman. And, uh, they were always sort of had a little bit of maybe sexual tension going on throughout the whole book and that's definitely something that I I like reading about and I like in TV programs is when the the bad guy tries to seduce the hero and the hero's like no but I don't like you but you are kind of sexy and <laughs> you know it probably comes from my love of Sailor Moon as a kid amazing anime <laughs> I have all of the episodes on DVD because <laughs> I'm a loser like that. <laughs> um, and also I think from that, when I started going into what my characters are going to be, who they're going to be based on on the storyline, um, I love Greek mythology and my favourite story of Greek mythology is when a you know bad guy and an innocent woman gets seduced by the bad guy. So that's the story of um, Hades and Persephone, which not a lot of people know about. No, but I did. And I did notice the similarities within Dead Tempted. The cover didn't give it away. Yeah. <laughs> Six pomegranate <laughs> seeds on the cover is a little bit um, of a giveaway of that. But if you don't know the story, then then 
that wouldn't make any difference to you. No, I mean, it's not, um, it doesn't hinge on you knowing the Greek myth. Um, I go into detail about what it's about on my website um, and actually tell the story. But if you're a fan of the Greek myth, if you know what it's about, then um, I think my book would quite appeal to you. Yeah. Oh, and incidentally, it's geek, not loser. (laughs) Get, yeah, nerd. I prefer nerd, please. (laughs) Yeah, I I would call myself a nerd, but I'm not that smart. (laughs) And just an aside, you mentioned your website. So what's the address for that? My website is rmrain.co.uk. Fantastic. So, uh, okay, what made you decide to set your book in the 1800s? Uh, I actually spent a lot of time deciding that. Um, (laughs) I like period dramas and the idea of having a modern, charming devil figure like Thanatos um, sort of shaking up the past really appealed to me. Definitely knew I wanted to set it in the Victorian era. The Victorians were absolutely fascinated by the occult and the dark arts. It was a time of sort of real progress in the obviously it was the industrial revolution there were tons of inventions it was a really pivotal time in history so i felt like thanatos would probably be drawn to that and with the sectus worshipping demons and the dark arts and performing rituals the victorian era just kind of fit i i knew i was going to set it in winchester so i just googled what was happening for that period in history and picked a date where not a lot was going on because I didn't want any sort of war or politics or big events distracting the story. I didn't want to have to write those in because it's a pain in the ass to do all that research and I'm lazy. Yes, (laughs) I can understand. And talking about research, one of the questions I was going to ask is, obviously you're set in the past, did you research the era or did you already have an interest in the time period? Uh, I really like watching period dramas and I read quite a lot of um, Thomas Hardy. Uh, he's a he's basically a writer from the Victorian era so I read a lot of his work and really liked it. So I think I had a basic knowledge of the era but you're never going to get everything right and I know that I've got some historical things wrong and my answer to that is to just turn around to everyone and say it's a fantasy novel. Yep. It didn't really happen. So maybe having these fantasy people involved in our normal world is what has changed certain bits. Yes. Quite that's a good possible. argument. Yeah. That's why I write fantasy, because <laughs> you can just blame everything on it not being real. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you like in a fantasy story. Yeah. To a point. Well, actually, no, not to a point. You can do whatever you like in fantasy story. Yeah. Okay, so, so, still on the subject of research, did you do a lot of research into the dark arts, or is that, did you borrow from pop culture, or maybe you're a practitioner? um i'm i wouldn't call myself a practitioner i'm an observer it does interest me i sort of pick it up here and there i don't um really keenly seek it out i do tarot card readings but that's because i find the tarot cards really pretty and it's quite a fun parlor trick yeah i guess the rest of it i i pretty much just made up the names i researched from greek mythology 
like Thanatos is the god of death. He's not mentioned that much in Greek mythology. He's kind of in the background. No one wants to talk about death. Um, <laughs> so I do use some of his, the rare stories that there are of Thanatos. I use bits of that in the book. I do make a point of saying that symbols and rituals in Dead Tempted, they're only powerful because of the people who believe in them. So it gives me a bit more freedom to write whatever ritual I want. I don't have to research what exact ritual you use to summon a demon or whatever. I can just make something up and say that it works because that person really believes in it. Yes, I think magic is 90% belief anyway. Yeah, I think it kind of fits. I think if you believe magic, then you see magic everywhere. So it does kind of fit the real world. Belief is a very powerful thing. It is. It is indeed. If you believe you're cursed, you probably will be. But if you don't believe in it, it's probably not going to affect you. Exactly. So I kind of brought that into the book and gave myself a lot more freedom than being restricted by having to research into killing babies and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not a good thing to research. (laughs) Exactly. My search history looks bad enough as it is. I don't need to be adding (laughs) occult dark arts into it as well. (laughs) Are any of your characters inspired by real people? I mean, see, maybe the the Greek mythologies and stuff could have been real. We don't know. We weren't there. But real people in your life, should I say? Uh, I I think inspired by real people, yeah, probably. But um, I wouldn't say any are exactly like the people I know. I do feature cameos of people's names, friends and family. I'll put their their name in as you know this one person gives someone a letter but they happen to know their name that would be like my brother or something like that one because coming up with actual names is annoying so having one ready made is quite handy (laughs) and because it's quite a nice like sort of homage to people but no I didn't really I wouldn't really say I entirely based one person on someone i mean obviously like you know josette was based on you joe (laughs) yes um (laughs) but yeah even then i wouldn't say that she's got elements of you definitely she was inspired by you but i'm pretty sure you would have been burnt as a witch back then if i'd written exactly you into the book it wouldn't have fit yeah um yeah so yeah i'm gonna say no on that one i think i i didn't really write anyone i knew into the book do you have a favorite of your characters um i do i know i probably shouldn't because uh shouldn't have favorites of your children (laughs) (laughs) um azubuke is my favorite um because he he's such a strong character and he I I liked writing that he goes through his own journey because the book's about Bronwyn and Thanatos, but then uh, Azu is, he's definitely, he's got his own stuff going on. And um, I just liked who he was. I liked um, how he always stands up for his friends and how he really helps Bronwyn. And, um, but at the same time, he, he's in no way weak. He was definitely born into the wrong era because he's a, black gay guy um so he he has a really tough time in the 1800s as you can imagine everything's Um, against him yeah exactly and uh i i did actually cry when i had to write his backstory because um 
I was just it it was I'd already started to care about him by the time I'd written his backstory and I was also really worried that I had maybe been insensitive or messed it up in some way or misappropriated and it went through a lot of edits to get that bit right and I'm still not entirely sure that I got it correct but that storyline just um it just fit with Azu's character okay on a slightly lighter note not that that's deep and dark because well it's a dark book so (laughs) yeah but um so I believe you wrote your first sex scene for this book didn't you yes was that hard (laughs) Uh, no pun intended well yeah it was uh... (laughs) yes it was hard and I was hard while writing (laughs) Uh, um I think it was yeah it was challenging I didn't want it to be the same as every other sex scene I'd, I'd read and also I think it was very it's very easy to make something sexy unsexy just by you just put the one wrong word in there or one wrong phrase and suddenly you're just like okay that's turned to gross (laughs) um, I think if you're if you're reading an erotic novel and you know it's an erotic novel then you are going to expect those kinds of words and that's what you've gone there for but because Dead Tempted isn't an erotic novel it just has this erotic scene in there I actually ended up writing the entire scene without using any sexual words. As soon as you put the word pussy in there, it's suddenly not so sexy if you haven't been using it throughout the entire book. Yeah, it takes the romance out. I just figured that everyone kind of knows. If I say he entered her, everyone knows what I'm talking about. I don't need to say he put his cock in her. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say he entered her, you probably shouldn't be reading books like that. No, <laughs> probably not. Although I have um, seen some sex scenes written by people who I'm sure have never seen a naked person ever, including themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I think basically I, I didn't want that scene to be about the sex it's between Thanatos and Velna, um, who you'll read about if you read the book. And uh, it it was supposed to be more about their relationship and how they see each other. But my brother-in-law does actually make a joke about that, about that scene when he read the book. <laughs> well, Thanatos is the Lord of the Underrealm and he's been alive for millennia. So he can, you know, he's obviously got some some moves in bed he's pretty powerful he can use his mystical influence he he makes Velna like orgasm literally by like one thrust with like minimal effort because he's not a real person and you know he <laughs> can, can do, do whatever it. he wants <laughs> exactly it's uh the dream um <laughs> And uh, my brother-in-law said that, um, oh, was that uh, was that based on you and your husband? <laughs> and, and I said, um, 
you know, yeah, it was, but uh, it wasn't my orgasm that finished in one thrust. <laughs> no, you should have said, yeah, of course it was. My husband's got mad skills, man. <laughs> I should have done, but I'm a lot meaner to my husband than I should <laughs> Just uh, announced on a public podcast about his <laughs> ejaculation problem. He doesn't have those, just to clarify. Everyone has a one-pump time. Yeah. Everybody gets so excited, that's it. You know. Foreplay is a tricky business. But a necessary one. Yes, very much so. And that takes me nicely on to, were you worried about your family reading your first sex scene? Uh, I think I was just keen to have my family read anything that I've written. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, I, I mean, I know they don't listen to the podcast, so I can get away with saying that. Um <laughs> I've got four siblings. None of them have read it. Um, I have quite a large family. Hardly any of them have read it. So <laughs> I'd say, no, I was not worried about what they were going to be reading because I was more worried that they were actually going to read it in the first place. Uh, <laughs> I think I was a little bit more worried that my in-laws would read it um, because they were very supportive. They always have been. Um, they've read everything I've written and they're they always ask me about it. They're always saying, um, you know, when's the next one coming out? How's this one going? And But on the other hand, they're all Catholic. They're all very religious people. And Dead Tempted is very much not. <laughs> it's about demonology and how actually the Bible was a load of bollocks <laughs> so uh, yeah they um, I've, none of them have really commented on that, they still read it even though I did warn them beforehand that that was what it was about <laughs> um, and they, they just, they commented more on the style of my writing rather than how they personally felt about the book, which I really appreciate and that's why Dead Tempted is dedicated to them um, you know, maybe a little bit uh, insensitively because uh, <laughs> I've dedicated a book about demonology to a Catholic family. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking of readers, how many of your readers spotted your Easter eggs and your Disney quotes? Even I got some of those and I don't know as much Disney as you. <laughs> Um, actually not that many of them. A lot of them noticed the Disney quotes. Not a lot of them have actually noticed the other ones. Because they're not all Disney quotes. I know it seems like, <laughs> you know, the majority of them are Disney quotes. Uh, I did it for my own amusement, mostly. And, um, I guess I should probably offer some sort of prize to whoever can figure out the trend and tell me exactly where all of these come from, all of the quotes, if you can find them. Because some of them are from my own personal pop culture references. There may be a Sailor Moon one in there. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> ah, see, that's a good idea. That could also encourage people to buy your book if you use that as part of your advertising campaign. Exactly. And I do actually put... There is a... I'm not going to say it here just in case I do do that. Um, but <laughs> there is a clue in there as to... Um, when each of them happen so if you can figure out the trend of what's triggering them you should be able to find all of them and then 
figure out what the reference is to. <laughs> challenge extended. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say challenge accepted, but it's not fair if I win. But then life isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did it take you to write it? Uh, probably about three years. It's quite a good time. I mean, I know you can write quite fast when you want to, but it is quite a long book and there's a lot of detail in it, unlike mine. <laughs> Mine's not supposed to have detail in it. It's all about the sex. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about the details in your book. They just want the yes. sex. It's like porn. No one goes there for the stories. They just want the, the money shot. No, because if they didn't go there for the stories, you'd be severely disappointed every time you hire a plumber. <laughs> None of my plumbers have ever, ever, ever had sex with me. None of my plumbers have ever been that attractive. <laughs> I know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Not once have I looked at a plumber bending over a water pipe or a toilet and gone, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the pizza delivery boy for that matter. No. Our Indian delivery guy's pretty good looking. But the Indian is rubbish, so you got to weigh it up. Depends how horny I am. Do I want crap food but a bit of eye candy for the 30 <laughs> seconds it takes to pay him? Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have mentioned that you're writing a sequel. Is that going to be the last in the series, or do you plan on writing more? Uh, yes, there is a third one in the making. I've always planned it to be a trilogy. Uh, I planned that from the start. So there will be a third book, and I have started writing that already, as in last night. <laughs> <laughs> I've written a rough plan of what I want it to be, um, and I wrote the prologue last night. Yeah, so I'm hoping this one isn't going to take me three years like the other two, but, you know, day job and all that. Yeah, day jobs suck. Mm. Although mine doesn't at the moment because I don't have any. So you've got no excuse, Joe. Where's your other book? Uh, yeah, okay, that's a good point. I'll <laughs> shut up now. I have no excuse. <laughs> so, um, if you could spend a day with one of your characters, who would you choose? Why? And would you go to their time or bring them to yours? I think I'd have to go with the obvious and it would be Thanatos because he he's just the coolest and he is funny when he's not being serious over Bromwyn's constant moaning um <laughs> <laughs> he, he is you know his past is he's got he's had a really good life he he just messes with people so i think i'd go to his time and then just spend the whole time messing with aristocrats having some fun that does sound like fun yeah <laughs> he, he'd he be a really good laugh if um you know when he's not dealing with all the other shit that bronwyn keeps bringing up <laughs> to be fair it's not really her fault but <laughs> <laughs> well yeah she is in a kind of situation <laughs> yes yeah oh you can't really blame her and she is a woman from the 1800s, so that is why sometimes she seems a little bit dull, because she's not a strong character. She didn't start off as a strong character. Um, she's supposed to become a strong character through certain events, but it doesn't happen overnight. I didn't want it to happen overnight, so it, it seems like she's a bit 
miserable, which she is, um, but <laughs> she'll get better, I promise. Stick stick with her character. And I think sometimes she's a little bit, to me, she feels a little bit forward for her time, even though she's complies with the way she should be as a woman in her time, but I think that might be why she's a little bored and boring, because she doesn't quite fit. Yeah, she definitely, and um, you find out a little bit more about that end of book two start of book three definitely um book three is the last book so i'm going to reveal everything everything that the readers have been questioning why this stuff has happened it's going to be explained in book three you'll start to sort of understand why she is the way she is a little bit more and why she becomes the character that she becomes try not to give too much away (laughs) I can imagine what kind of character she may become, but obviously I haven't read book two or three yet, so I don't know, I kind of imagine that she, if she succumbs to um, Thanatos, that maybe it'll be a kind of Sandy and Grease situation. But I don't know, but that's, that's how I see it might go. If she still comes, obviously. I don't know <laughs> if she does or not. I'm just like desperately trying not to say <laughs> yes. anything. I'll okay, tell you yeah. later, Joe, if you want. If you want it, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay, then we'll move on to the next question so you don't accidentally reveal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be Do you have any advice to give an aspiring author? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of advice. Uh, a lot of it we say in the podcast. So if you're just listening to this episode, go back and listen to the rest because we do we do give some good advice. Um, the main one that I wanted to express was to write for you. Don't write for anyone else. Don't give a shit about any bad reviews you get. Don't write for your readers or, you know, even when you start to get really popular, it doesn't matter write for you, write what feels good for you, because that will be how you become better. You know, everything takes back practice. You you need practice. You need to keep going. And if you don't enjoy what you're writing, which you won't if it's not for you, if it's for someone else, you won't enjoy it, then your writing's not going to be any good. Yes, very good advice. Well, I think we've touched on writing to market before. And you can do that. That's what you want to do. Cash cow. Yeah, I mean, if you enjoy writing to market, you know, you're still you're still kind of writing for you because you're still enjoying it. But if you think about Harry Potter, the first few Harry Potter books are absolutely amazing, and there's going to be different differing opinions on this. Definitely, um, I understand that some people like all of them. For me, I felt like. She got popular at maybe around the start of book five, end of book four, start of book five is when it started getting really big. So book five and six was when she started writing on a time limit and she started writing to market. And you can so see the difference in storyline and style. And I I hate those two books. I think they're absolutely pants. And I just can't help feeling that if she'd taken more time and written what she wanted to write, 
and had enough time to actually consider where she personally wanted the story to go, rather than where all of her readers expected the story to go, it would have come out a lot better. It would have been much better. It might not have been, but that's just... That's always been my opinion, is that um, don't rush it. Don't um, don't write what people want to hear. Write what you want to write, because ultimately they've come to read you. So if you're not writing you, then your book's going to be crap. Write for you is, uh, is going to be my biggest advice that I'd like people to take away from the entire podcast. Well, thank you, Rachel, for joining us on Wordsmithing. Uh, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you on the interwebs? Yes, thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> um, you can. Oh God, this is why I always get Joe to do the sign-offs. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook under Author Armin Rain. You can find me on my website which is www.rmrain.co.uk. From my website, you can find all of my other feeds. And on my website, you can sign up to my mailing list, which will tell you when my next books are finally going to be out. My sequel to Dead Tempted is out in November. So if you like to binge read, November would be a good time to buy both books together. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Do it. First one's only 99p. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, you can read Araman. Not just for young adults. It's a fantastic story for all ages. Araman is a nice, easy read. If you're going on holiday or you've got some time off coming up for Christmas, then Araman is a good one to get. Yes. And you have forever changed uh, my language after reading that book. Have I? Yes, there's no such thing as pyjama bottoms in my house. They're sleeping trousers. They're always sleeping trousers. <laughs> They're never going to be anything else. I cannot help it. I cannot call them anything but sleeping trousers. <laughs> that scene was funny. It did make me laugh. And I got some weird looks on the bus. <laughs> I'm glad. And on that note, I would like to say thank you all for listening. You can find us on Facebook at Wordsmithing, or you can email directly at wordsmithing at yahoo.com. You can also find either of us on Facebook as on a personal level. And give us five stars, because we want them, because we're awesome, and everyone should listen to our great podcast. Ciao! See, you're much better at those sign-offs than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't practice. <laughs>